This episode is brought to you by Zeratech Software Development. Are you a company whose commitment to excellence demands effective software tools? Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help build or enhance your technological systems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. You can find them at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Hey guys. Today I sat down and talked to Dirk Hembroff. Dirk is the sports announcer for Michigan Tech hockey games. He also had a long time running morning radio show. Uh, so it's super interesting to hear how he got into that world, what the, that trajectory was like. Also, before we go live here, you're going to hear some examples of Dirk's hockey announcing. It honestly feels like you're right there in the arena. You can hear Brent as well, his co-host. But really, again, you're right there with it. You can feel the excitement, feel the energy. Uh, Enjoy these, and then the podcast will come right after. Fresh legs, McDonald across the line. We'll take the shot. Here's a drop pass for Mercier. Knocked down on the play, no call. And the Huskies will get it outside of the zone. They go back with it with possession. Long stretch, mess up. Here's the breakaway. behind the ball and he buried it right under the bar like wow this place is going nuts listen to this what a pass Sterles can't even celebrate he's wrapping up Draw controlled by the Wolverines. They will get the clear out to center ice. They lead it here 1-0. Dumped right in on goaltender Manu. Had to make a pretty good save there. Huskies with a steal. Here's a centering pass just out of reach of Bliss. Big shot from Donahue. Got it towards the goal. Here's a chance for the Huskies. It's shot. Scores! The Adam with the goal. The Huskies are tied it up. 1-1. Huskies down by a goal. They swing it over for Hellenic. That's the guy you want on stick. Here comes. comes across, right to the front. Here's a shot. Save made there. Rebound and Helen had taken down on the play. Penalty coming up. Delayed call. Here's a shot. Sits in front. Scored. Yes! They scored! It went in! Huskies tie it up! 54 seconds remaining here in the third period. It's a one-one hockey game. <laughs> here we go. I hope you guys enjoy this one. Welcome to the Obsessed Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Herkus. In this podcast, we get to meet and hear from folks who are obsessed with a wide array of interesting endeavors. We dive into some awesome stories and look at the mindsets and the psychology of those who are obsessed. Let's go. Dirk, thanks for coming in today. Logan, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Here to talk initially and on the large scale about your radio and broadcasting world uh you hear you on the radio right and your shows announcing tech hockey games but where did that begin for you was it happenstance was it something you were excited about or how did that whole world start for you yeah if you're going back to the beginning so when i was young grew up in hancock and would uh, I had a couple buddies and we would actually go to tech games or before we were playing high school hockey go to high school hockey games and sometimes I think it was normally tech games we would sit up there in the stands and do play-by-play just as something stupid to do right and um you know nothing was ever going to come of it of course um fast forward a couple of years and I was. I had a couple of buddies that worked at Wimple Radio as just board operators mm-hmm. for games. And what those people do is basically just when it's time to take a commercial during a hockey broadcast, you press the commercials and all that stuff. And it was a lot less technical back in those days. You used the big carts and everything. So I had a couple of buddies down there. And uh, so I would go down there every once in a while and just marvel at this world of radio and how cool it was. And, right. And um, so... My senior year of high school, now remember Hancock High School was right across the street from Wimple Radio, and senior year of high school, we got the guys that were 
working at Wimple, got the station manager to allow us to do a quote unquote pirate radio show on some Friday nights from midnight to one. (laughs) So if you remember, you don't remember, you're way too young, but the old radio format for uh, back then was WZRK, the FM version of Wimple Radio was um you know the the top 40 rock songs of the early 80s mitch mitch lake was the you know the dj the happening dj and all that stuff so there were all these old great songs carted up and for those who don't know what carts are they're like an eight track player type of cassette Mm -hmm. and so we had they were all these boxes that nobody was using because the format had changed and so we were allowed there was about four of us we were allowed to go down there and just screw around for an hour from midnight to one on these Friday nights in the spring of 1990, mm-hmm. my graduating year. And we had a blast. We would play, you know, play whatever songs we wanted. We thought we were cool. We would record it and play it back. And that kind of got the bug going. So fast forward graduation. I have another buddy, uh, Bill Creaky, who... Uh, was good friends with Bob Olson, the famous Bob Olson that ran Wimple Radio and did Tech Hockey forever. And uh, I am forever grateful for, for everything he did and gave me. Um, we started, while we were at Michigan Tech going to school, we started doing games, high school football and okay. high school hockey games for Wimple Radio for free. Right. And we were terrible. Yeah. Um, but we were a team and we just kept working at it, working at it. And yeah, that's how it started. Okay. That first show where I mean, were you playing music as well as doing the between song commentary and yeah. antics and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. And I'm yeah. sure it was horrible. And I, I, yeah. we, there's some recording somewhere of it, but I'm, I'm, I think I would probably cringe if I yeah. heard it now, <laughs> but it's funny. I recently did find a flyer or, or one of the guys found a, a flyer that we were posting up in school saying, listen to us at midnight tonight or something like that. So, yeah. Did you have buddies and stuff that would listen in on that? Oh yeah. 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 yeah we had, we had guys that would call in and give requests and, and, uh, we actually took it, you know, we recorded a couple and we actually took them to other radio stations <laughs> to try to get an actual show. Yeah. Um, but the funny, going back to the pirate radio thing, the, the, the humorous thing about it to me is Bob Olson, who, who, you know, ran the station and was the owner, never knew about it, huh. never knew that we were doing it. He was long gone in bed. We told Bob about it, you know, years later, but, um, yeah, he didn't know about it. it. Was and that's what made it the pirate radio thing. You know, the owner didn't even know we were doing it. So. Yeah. <laughs> and what age were you at that time? A senior in high school. Senior in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what you had said. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Okay. So, but and then uh, I'm trying to visualize the the play by play commentary thing. Like literally out loud, you guys would be doing play by play just to each yeah, other. Yeah, we'd kind go of up thing. into a corner. You know, <clears> where you know you'd find a place where there's nobody really around you and. Uh, we were, it might have been already, at, I can't remember how old we were at that, mm. but um, I, I think we did try to record them. We put them on a cassette or we would, yeah, had a little mic or something. It was stupid, but, um, you know, just trying to, you know, when you are enamored with something and you want to get involved with it, you, you'll try anything sometimes. Yeah, right. And just to get to practice or get the feel mm-hmm. for it or whatever else. Yeah. yeah. So, but right after high school, you got into that world. Did you have different tra- trajectories you were thinking about going down, or was it radio from the start? No. Well, I took I was a, I'm a scientific and technical communications major. Okay. Uh, graduate from tech, which uh, you know I really have never technically used. Hmm. Um, no, the, radio was just something I fell into, and um, yeah, never intended it to be uh, a career like it, it. Or yeah, like it turned out to be. Right. No. Right. So then. After that, you were doing. You started doing these first for free football and high school sports stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're pretty bad at it. Was that? I mean, you said it was horrible, or was that just? Well, you being... I, I think we were pretty bad at it. I, I think we got better pretty quick. Okay. Yeah. Um, and to the point where we were getting compliments, and you know, we were competing with guys that have been around forever. Like, of course, Norm Koski, of course, was there, and Norm was a huge help. Even when I wasn't working with him, he was a great help to sure with everything. But uh, you know these people that we've we you know Mitch Lake and all this stuff. These people that we've listened to growing up it yeah. was a lot of fun. Yeah, but we got better at it, and you know, and Bob Bob did pay us that first year, but he did pay, you know which he just a lump sum at the end. He gave us something, and then we sure. started doing games for real after that. Huh. Yeah, and then you know all through college, and then um, there were times where Bob was starting to would go away to do church things 
and was going to actually miss tech hockey games. So I filled in a couple of times uh, through those first 10 years. Okay. So the first 10 years you were just filling in occasionally. It wasn't like you were going out and searching the, the tech hockey part of it. No, well, Bob Olson was still the owner, and he was the he was the dean of broadcasters. Sure. No, he was the guy. Okay. No, but I was just um, I was still at you know working at the station, going to school, and so and then eventually I was there in another different part, a different full time um, capacity. And mm-hmm. yeah, when he was away, he asked me to do the game, so I, I got to do probably four or five Michigan Tech hockey games. Um, you know, in my early twenties. Mm-hmm. Was that a neat experience to be able to do that? Uh, terrifying. Really? Well, because, I, you know, the, the the mammoth machine that Michigan Tech Hockey Radio was from Bob Olson, yeah. just knowing what you were filling in for was huge. Right. Um, yeah, very nerve-wracking. <laughs> I don't have any of those games on, on tape. Yeah. But um, was still doing high school and all that stuff, all those, that first 10 years. Yeah. Was it terrifying from a... a just the the role that you're feeling or was it terrifying also from a technical standpoint like if i'm going to go try to announce a tech sports game i'm going to be so far behind i'm not going to know the names i'm not going to know the flow the words all that kind of stuff were you pretty well versed in that whole world as far as Uh, how to perform it i knew that you know i'm going to school i was in the michigan tech pep band okay um you know tamper mickish was playing you know i knew the names of the guys i was going to class with a lot of these guys sure so that part of it wasn't too you know, I don't really remember. Right. I don't think that was too big of a deal. Um, it was just the, the structure of the game. There's much more structure than the high school games and all sure. that stuff. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, then you've got, you know, the visit, visiting radio guy is in, you know, and he knows exactly what he's doing. So, yeah, it was very threatening. Mm-hmm. For but sure. Cool. Yeah. And can you give some context to the world of radio at that time, those early days versus, I mean, you could compare it to what it is like now. I mean, radio was a, uh, was, of course is right. Still a big deal, but was a big scene at that point. Right. When you first got into it. Yeah. I mean, it was, well, the technical side of it, um, was, was pretty big, I guess. And just the way you transmit the game I and mean, we everything's over internet now. Yeah. Um, back then it was either over what they call a loop. You probably don't even know what that is. That was actually a direct copper line from the John McGinnis student ice arena all the way down to the station right across the street from where we are sat right now. Right. And it, it, you just alligator clipped on and, and it sounded just like you and I are sounding right now. Right. Um, or you would use the, you know, Bob would sometimes at, at one point that got too expensive and you started using phone lines. Right. Which stinks because it, the quality is not great. Um, so yeah, that, that part of it. And of course, back at the station, everything was analog. Mm-hmm. You know, everything, every ad you played was analog. Nothing was on computer. Right. Uh, if you wanted to tape the game, you had to stick an old cassette in and record it. Yeah. Um, right. Now it's, you know, everything we do is digital or and uh, and right over the uh, Internet. Wonderful equipment that that is. It's all codec stuff that uh, catches and releases from where you're broadcasting at. Right. It doesn't always work 100 percent of the time, of course. Mm-hmm. But everything on the, you know, obviously the world of radio, everything's digital now. So, yeah. But two at that time, kind of what I'm driving at is, I mean, now you've got video podcast oh. you got all these different areas but then radio was a big deal and you got people like i don't know the timelines slightly before my time like howard stern and all this stuff i mean mm-hmm. big time radio shows that were a big deal right. is that part of what attracted you into that whole world just the the buzz and the scene around uh, no radio? I, think, I think what attracted me you hear these people on the radio and uh you know you don't get the chance to see them you only hear their voices i i, I just thought that was mystical i yeah. always did i always was fascinated like when you saw bob olson it's like wow yeah. that is the guy yeah. that little guy <laughs> is the voice that you hear but then mitch lake same thing you know actually seeing him and and then hearing his voice and you know sometimes being disappointed when you saw somebody else that you know you had this big image in your mind and you know and they don't look like and i'm sure i get that all the time sure too. But uh, yeah, it was a lot different. Yeah. But that was the mystique about it, and and just being able to paint a picture by talking, you know, people listening, and hopefully you they have an idea where the flow of the game is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we can do that now. Eventually, I wanted to get into because you're a, a an awesome hockey broadcaster, right? Like you're you feel like you're in the arena. You're you totally understand the flow of what's going on. I appreciate. Was it. that. Of course, it's intentional, but was that there from the start, or how did you get to that point? Uh, I think it was there from the start, um, and then as you go, you hear, you know, when you people try to 
compliment you. They say, we like it because you call the game. Yeah. And it is really, I know as I get older, it, it, it is easy sometimes to, and you watch hockey on TV now, there's very little play-by-play. Yeah. Um, but TV is a different animal, right? People can see what's going on, so they don't have to be told every little stride that's being taken. Uh, radio is different, and I think that's what I like about radio. It, it challenges you to, um, you know, create that picture, right? Uh, paint that picture for people. Yeah, but from the start, you felt like that was an intention, right? The painting the picture side of things, but yeah. of course, you honed your craft over the years. Can you tell a, a difference between your more recent games versus your early games, or have you ever gone back to listen? Yeah, to I, I do. I I, <clears throat> I listen. Um, Sometimes when I go back to some of my, I do have some high school game tapes. Uh, go back and listen, I, and before I hit play, I go, "Oh, boy, I'm going to be really, <laughs> really disappointed." And I'm, I'm sometimes I'm surprised that it's not horribly different than than now. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, th- there's a lot of people that don't like the you know the screaming and stuff that I get into yeah. sometimes. So I think it's you know some people like it, some people don't. Yeah. But that's got to be a minority. I mean, to that, the whole point of the game so. is the excitement and yeah. the, the thrill and the, mm. the rise and fall and the drama and everything, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, 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 it, that's what I like to listen to. Uh, Gary Thorne. I don't know. Gary Thorne is one of my favorite TV broadcasters um, of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to do the, the college hockey stuff. And uh, they took him off of that, and they have you know other people doing that now. I won't mention names, but uh, he was always my favorite. When I go back and watch and listen to old NCAA hockey, uh, when I say old, ten years ago, um, it's just a world of difference. And to me, he just his whole thing is excitement, but he doesn't go too far until it's necessary and sure. all that stuff. And I, I love that. Yeah, right. But what about you? Played hockey growing up? Yeah, I mean, hockey is a huge part of the entire culture around here right? absolutely uh through the years of you being a, a hockey and sports announcer uh did you really enjoy that side of it like the the i guess i don't know exactly what i'm trying to say but like following the traditions and the the competitive spirit and the whole community coming together around this tech hockey team and just be able to see patterns and all that i mean that the on top of the painting the story i feel like the hockey part of it is really cool as well I mean, that's the subject matter, right? But just the traditions and the history and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, yeah, you, there's, I mean, Michigan Tech hockey, that's, that's you don't get any bigger than that around here, right? right. I mean, we don't have a pro team. Um, so to be able to do that every, you know, twice a week during the during the hockey season, yeah, it's a, it's a huge um, huge thing for me. And the tradition part of it is, is awesome. Mm-hmm. There are a ton of other people that are way more versed on the actual traditions of Michigan tech hockey, just because I don't, a lot of it doesn't sink in, but mm-hmm. me being around it forever. Um, yeah. I love that part of it. Absolutely love it. Right. Right. And then too, another thing I was thinking about is of course, I'm sitting here asking questions and interviewing whatever else. Did you, enjoy that side of it and and i'm curious how you approached the interview parts of your role yeah i i do enjoy it i i uh, try really hard to not come uh ask those questions that you watch on youtube all the uh reporters asking the questions where the coach gets mad at them for asking a stupid question right um you know when you're interviewing somebody like the michigan tech head coach five times a week yeah um it does get a little challenging to try to keep them engaged in what I'm asking and, and, and keep the listener also engaged, but mm-hmm. more importantly, the coach engaged. Cause if the coach is bored by the questions or thinks that I'm not putting the effort in, he's going to be blase about it too. And, and it's not, it's going to come across that way to mm-hmm. the people over the radio. Okay. Did that, was that a work in progress as well? Again, still how do you, okay. Yeah. And, and is it like a gut thing, an intuition thing? Uh, how do you approach that? Is like what a, questions to ask? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's more preparation. Okay. Um, and to be honest with you, full disclosure, I, sometimes I feel I don't put enough preparation into it. Sure. And I know I, I notice it right away. Right. Um, and I just knowing, you know, you were talking about the, the difference from now, radio now, sports radio now compared to 20 years ago. These coaches are asked 
the same questions 10 times a week right now where back then you know we'll only a pregame and a post game mm-hmm. now they're on podcasts they're um being asked on their own shows it's just you know you you they're asked by their radio guy their tv guy and by the time you get to them now i gotta ask the same question mm-hmm. um that's the part that gets me the um butterflies in the stomach sure you know wanting them to to appreciate what i know about their team right but not trying to uh, justify everything i ask or pre-qualify everything i ask right okay if that makes any sense it it does yeah and again i can see that transition from before to now but part of why i'm curious again is this here i do little to no preparation Mm -hmm. intentionally this is of course a different setting right right um it's more i intend it or hopefully that it's more of just a generic spontaneous conversation i think from a in a podcast setting that's more engaging than let me ask you pre-planned questions kind of a thing right um but you do potentially miss important subject matter right Mm -hmm. um but i'm just yeah curious of how you approach the the question side of things so i wonder if there is a blend of not being totally pre-planned for you that worked out well without you realizing it no absolutely even just going in just writing um sometimes what i often will do to go talk to the uh, opposing coach is take their depth chart their, mm-hmm. their line chart and just write a couple of notes on top um, more so that once they're done i have something else i can go to mm-hmm. um if if what they're saying doesn't present another question right off the bat for me but um yeah i i do a, a mixture of both you're right there is something about and some of my best interviews with joe sean are when i go in there and i really don't have anything but i'm just in in the right mood right sent um state of mind right and he is too and then it and then when we'll get done and i'll go joe we rocked that yeah. one you know <laughs> and and or I, I, honest to goodness more more often it's uh oh joe I got to apologize, man. I totally stunk on that one, you know? Yeah. So, I, yeah, it happens all the time. But I've gotten pretty good at editing. Yeah. You know, even though those interviews are, you know, five to seven minutes with Joe, um, you know, if I ask a stupid question or I don't word it the way I had it in my mind, I will sometimes take that out if I can before the broadcast. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so, yeah, but thinking about that, again, you getting into the radio world, that you got to peek behind a curtain that very few people get to peek behind. Was it what you expected? Or do you remember what your expectations were about that world? And I suppose it was such a slow and steady. Yeah. It was so long ago, I guess I'm still, you know, Logan, I still get um, excited to see people that I've only heard on the radio. Um, And I can't think of any off the top of my head right now, but um, you know, when you first saw Ernie Harwell or, um, you know Ken Cal or any, you know any of those guys, um, Bruce Martin, the old Red Wing uh, radio guy. When I first got a chance to shake the hands of these people, it was just to me that is more of an honor than somebody who's on TV. I don't I don't know why, but for me that has always been the, the mystique of not you know it's almost like the man behind the curtain. You don't see who it is, mm-hmm. but you hear that voice. I love that. Right. You know. Yeah. No, and I can appreciate that again, just because it's a. Uh you listen to radio, right? But it's just, again, it's just a world you never see behind mm-hmm. on top of the, the person themselves, just the, the mechanisms and the, and the, all the work that goes into it, it comes out as this one free flowing product, but you have no idea how much work and, and, uh, coordination goes into making right. that whole product. Right. Yeah. Forrester research interviewed 206 senior technology leaders in major organizations responsible for software development sourcing. said their software development service partners do not have a full understanding of their end customer. If you're dead serious about moving faster and getting more done, Zeratech Software Development can help you move forward with confidence. Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help solve your problems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. As they align with their clients, they use a proven method to understand the scope of the problem and help demystify the steps to make it go away. They will deliver the software solution you need, and they do it with the integrity that you'd expect from a family-owned business in the heartland of America. Schedule a call with the team at Zeratech today at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. But did you, so through that whole trajectory, 
right? You're you're getting into doing a few sports broadcasts. How did it happen that now all of a sudden you're doing the Michigan Tech? Yeah. Okay. So that first ten years. So I graduated in 1990, right? Yeah. First ten years out of there, I was going to school. Um, I did pick up a sales job at the radio station so I could still do on-air stuff. Yeah. Um, and so we were, you know, I was, I was doing the, the broadcasting, high school and uh, you know, hockey, football, and some basketball, and filling in every once in a while for tech sports. And then um, Bob was ready to sell the station. Okay. And so when he sold the station to Matt Verton and his dad and aunt you know tech, we had the tech we had the tech contract obviously and yep. so michigan tech from what i understand um basically uh, it's it's, it's kind of cluttered up as far as how everything happened but bob olson was was going to sell the station um they were going they wanted they thought it was time to get somebody else in to do the the, the games mm-hmm. And so Bob was going to have one more year, not only not owning the station, but was going to have his farewell year. Sure. Yeah. So they they asked me to re, to come in and work with Bob on the home games, and then take over after that. Okay. And that all coincided with me starting my morning show over there as well. Sure. So I was an insurance adjuster at the time, working with my dad independently. So I had that leeway, much like you do to, to do this. I had that leeway to do a full morning radio show and then do insurance adjusting the rest of the day mm-hmm. and do Michigan Tech hockey uh, on the weekends during the season, right. which was the jam-packed schedule. Yeah. But yeah. Um, that's how that's how it is. So Bob did that last year and uh, graciously let me take over for him. And I'll never, um, I'll be in debt for him forever on that. Yeah. Right away, were you just pumped about it? Yeah, pumped. I'm yeah. a nervous guy, so... Okay. I was very nervous about it. I mean, again, you're taking over for an icon. This guy, you know, Bob Olson, everybody in college hockey knew Bob Olson. Yeah. And I don't think there's anybody in college hockey in the last 40 or 50 years that has done more for a, a, a smaller school in Division One hockey than Bob Olson. Huh. So, yeah, so taking over. For, and I always said this when I took over. I said, um Nobody can replace Bob Olson, but I was happy to try. Sure. <laughs> and that's what it was. Right, right. So. Huh. so fill in some big shoes, and you said you were nervous up front. Did that go away pretty quickly, or do you find even today you could be nervous sometimes? No, no, I don't. It, it went away okay. quickly. Um, I was just nervous to, you know, just to get going, and, you know, was I going to be stumbling on the air and stuff like that, but, okay. uh, and I still do that. Right. But, yeah, now it's just fun. Yeah. And those first 10 years were lean. You know, Michigan Tech wasn't winning a lot of games. Yeah. But I loved our coaches, um, no matter what anybody else uh, thought about the team. Uh, you know, I loved being around them. And I I always said, um, you know, people would come up to me sometimes, how can you do that? How can you sound so excited, you know, when you guys are losing every game? I said, I would rather lose every single Michigan Tech hockey game and be able to broadcast that than to... Um, you know, then to have to do something else. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not poo-pooing high school sports. I love doing high school sports and still do some, but just to be able to do that, it was just a great honor. Great honor. Right. It still is. Yeah. So you were, but you were insurance adjusting. We're going to hop around and of course we can do that, but you were insurance adjusting at that time. Was that a means to an end and you just couldn't wait till you could be full-time on the radio side or what was um, that? <laughs> yeah, that's a tough question, I guess. I mean, the situation at the radio station wasn't was that they didn't need me for anything else but my morning show and tech hockey. Well, I okay. wasn't going to make enough money to feed a family on that, so I, I was going to have to keep doing the um, adjusting. I knew that, so I did that for almost almost twenty years, and okay. and then I went back to the station as, as a sales rep as, as well until a couple weeks ago. Sure, sure. Um, but then thinking about the trajectory again of the tech sports announcing side of course your morning show too how did that play into it were you pumped and really excited as well through the morning show process yeah 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 always wanted to do that yeah always wanted to do it um i'm a musician um as well so and uh, a music advocate advocate that's not the right word anyway uh fan sure (laughs) and um so that that was an easy 
that was an easy transition uh, for me. I know the music, you know, knew, knew the music that I wanted to play, that they wanted me to play, and it, it was just an absolute blast mm -hmm. for 20 years. Interviewing people from, you know, just like this forever. Right. Rarely on the other side like I am now. Yeah. So you enjoy the music, but I was going to ask you that too. I mean, the whole podcast obsessed, right? And I, and I know you from the radio world, but outside of the radio world, is music probably your biggest passion which of course is tied right sports into and music, music. okay yeah i mean i played sports and and played music my whole life so yeah um you know been in i was in the same band for 27 years until recently and uh still play so yeah i love it i love that side of it um and uh, and i love sports but i i don't you know going i don't sit there and watch sports like I used to. I don't know all the names, how good all the teams are anymore. I just don't have the time and energy to put into it. Hopefully I will soon right? Uh, when things get a little less busy. But, um, yeah, I love it. Yeah. No, again, it's uh, the radio world, the, the peeking behind the curtain kind of thing. That's kind of what this is all about for mm -hmm. me, right, is just to hear what's that like on the other side, right? But for you, it always held that real mystical component hey has that gone away or you said you still feel that hey still that, do yeah yeah I still love it I, I still love the idea that you know people don't know what my bald face looks like you know <laughs> um when i'm doing radio and uh, the disappointment on their faces when they first see me <laughs> he's short fat and bald what is he doing on the radio no yeah. uh, or you know the millionth time that i've been told that i have a face for radio all that good stuff yeah but uh, no, I, I love the mystique of radio. I think if you ask anybody else, any of my, uh, you know, colleagues, Mitch Lake, um, you know, uh, Kevin Erickson, any of those guys that have been doing this forever, I think they would say the same thing. I mean, and uh, one of the greatest lines from Norm Kosky uh, ever was Dirk, because he used to do TV too. Mm -hmm. He was on TV6 back in his early days. Dirk... TV's work, radio's fun. Yeah. And that's exactly what he told me, and uh, he's he was right. Yeah. I could see that. Doing this, like for me to just be able to sit down and ask you an hour of questions is just unreal. But if I could see having to sit in front of a TV and compose this thing could be a lot more of a regimented work style thing. Although that can happen in radio too, but I can see the, the radio side of it just, you're having a blast. Yeah, and you know, you know this is the fact that you got to get prepped for your appearance part of it. Yeah. on television and that to me is a big turnoff and something go, something goes wrong on radio you know i could sit here and talk to you right now but nobody knows i'm moving my hands all over right trying to fix something or yeah. tv you, you know of course you have people to do that too which sure. is different and in small town radio you are the uh, talent you are the producer you are the uh, um you know the engineer you're right. you're everything yeah um which that's fine by me yeah right but also i'm curious again were you unique in that when you were excited to get in the radio side of things, you had a few buddies that were doing it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, was that, I, I'm trying to relate it to current days. Like it's a fairly common thing that a, a middle school kid or a high school kid today would want to be a YouTuber. Like that's a big deal, right? Sure. Uh, yeah. Was that a big thing at your time that uh, people would strive and drive towards this radio world or was that a little bit of a unique Yeah, I guess thing? it's unique. Um, I guess I never really thought about that. There weren't too many, it wasn't anybody else. I think a lot of it is people think, I could never do that. Yeah. And and there's so many people that either start you know start work at the radio station and they're they're so shy and, and they're thinking I could never do that. No, I'm never going to go on the air or you know you try to get a client to do their own radio commercial for mm -hmm. them and they say I can't do it. I sound stupid. You know, my voice sounds stupid. Well, they they realize you know, you realize quickly that that's how everybody hears your voice. You're hearing it. You're the one hearing it different. Right. Um I don't know where I was going with that, but it, but it, yeah, no, it's um, it it's uh, it's very unique, and I, a lot of people who think they can't do it can, and and uh, but I think that's part of the reason why it is unique. People don't think that they can do it, right, right. No, because what part of what I'm learning through this whole podcast is there's a lot of little moments in people's lives that send them on this slightly different trajectory that changes and i mean 10 years down the road it's a complete difference right mm -hmm. so i'm curious if you had those little moments that got you into that radio world is can you go back and say hey that this you know i was halfway interested and this person told me this little thing that pointed me in this direction or had this little insight or this little thing that uh without some of those key moments i wouldn't be where i am today is that is that true for you too or is it i think so um 
you know, I was just so happy to be somebody who was, you know, a kid going to college and being on the air and broadcasting games. I just thought it was, you know, it's for. I thought it was for old people. Yeah, old people who knew what they were doing. And here I, you know, here we were, not just me, but others, um, that were doing it. And then, you know, when somebody compliments you on something, it, it gives you more uh, juice to to do it, and 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 vice versa. You know, I told oh, some of those. <laughs> I had uh, one of the toughest things uh, on my ego one time was we. Wisconsin, the Badgers were up playing the Huskies. And at this time, my thought process was say the names more of the Michigan Tech players because the people listening know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's Wisconsin with the puck, you know, don't dwell on the, the name so much. Well, that's kind of how I was doing things for a little while. One of the dads of one of the Wisconsin players was listening to the game and sent me a just a scathing email about hmm. how terrible I was by not mentioning the names and I changed right there. I mean I, I went back to, you know, doing it the way I had been doing it right there because he was right. Right. And um so so, you know, little things like that change you. Yeah. A little ad- advice from people that are putting you down. <laughs> right, right. You know. Yeah. But also on the positive side, like you said as well, right? Builds your confidence and say Oh huge you know, that you can yeah. do this and all that kind of stuff. Oh, we too, want but. you. We want to take your feed. We want to take you know your broadcast on the video feed. You know, sure. instead of somebody else's. All that kind of stuff. Just you know, makes and it makes you better because you know that people are going to be watching the game like a television broadcast with you. And now, now they see you know, can you really handle the play, mm-hmm. the speed of the game, right? So it makes you better. So wait, is there a component of that? Like you'll watch a, a Sports Center top ten play, and they'll have the radio. F- local radio show over that video broadcast rather than the actual television broadcast. Um, have you had that happen to you? Like where you're? Yeah. Every, yeah. All okay. the t- yeah. All the time. Um, it's, it's back in the nineties um, where teams would hire video people, to, you know, somebody to, to tape the games for them. Uh, sometimes there's multiple radio stations doing the game and you know, you always got pretty pumped when they wanted to take the feed out of your broadcast box okay console to do the game sometimes they would take the other you know but that was always a cool thing yeah um now yeah now everything's on tv you know all the all of our michigan tech games are are flowed Mm -hmm. flow hockey and so everything i say is somebody's watching it on tv too which definitely makes you have to be more aware of uh what you're doing right no it's probably a silly question but just on a technical level i didn't realize that that uh that component you've seen it but of course okay live tv today right you have that voiceover you're already there on flow tv and whatever else but if there is a excuse me a a voiceover for a highlight reel or something like that they would potentially pick a certain uh feed to go over that i mean of course right but i just didn't never put that together yeah well anything from michigan tech is going to have our uh, whether it's mitch lake or josh uh, yilly tello doing the football mitch doing the basketball or volleyball or me doing the hockey they're going to have our voice over it okay. so when they send it to somebody like tv6 even though you can't they don't really have it cranked up if you listen really carefully you can hear us in the background sure um so those are already stamped with us on it uh, there are you know tv6 does the game sometimes mm-hmm. um and tv6 uh, their broadcasters will go on the feed okay and that's you know that's fine they do a great job with um with uh, Mark Evans and and uh, Dave Ellis, and they do a great job with that. So, yeah. but yeah, some, it's not always us, but ninety okay. percent of the time it is. And on the highlight package, you'll usually have our voice. So yeah, it's a it's a cool thing. Wait, mm-hmm. you know, I just feel so bad for somebody like Bob Olson. You know, he's not with us anymore, obviously. But all of those great games that he did over the over the years. You know, you can't go back and watch them and hear his voice on them. We have some audio at the station. Yeah, you can't hear that. Every one of my games in the last 15 years, you can just type it up on YouTube and it's there. Right. Um, it just seems unfair. You know, somebody like Bob and any of those old great broadcasters, um, you know, it's harder to go back and listen to some of that stuff. Yeah, right. Um, is that part of the mystique as radio t- for Radio 2 that it is? I mean, now it's all saved and, and, and whatever else it might be, but back then it was a, a fleeting thing and that this isn't... I think so. Yeah. You know, it, 
we should have been a lot better at it uh, in saving some of that stuff. And again, I have a whole box at home that I probably should throw out of my old, you know, broadcasting Lakeland and football and Houghton and Calumet and all that. I have boxes of cassette tapes hmm. with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not. This, it's just not as easy. It's so much easier just to hit the uh, Adobe Audition button and record a game you can cut the highlights and play the highlights back during the game now i mean mm-hmm. it was much more technical or less technical back um back in bob olson's days right right so again lots a lot of this is about but it, i'm curious what is that and we, we've hinted a lot of it but what's that brain space like again those first years of just being behind the radio you get to hear what you're producing but what's the brain what's what's going through your mind when you're talking through a, a, a again through your morning show through the the sports broadcast um yeah, just curious what that's all like, which again, we've that's what a lot of these questions are all about. Just again, trying to peek behind the curtain of the technical side as well as what's internal. You mean what I'm yeah. feeling or like, um, yeah, right. Yeah, just if you have an analytical portion of it, uh, or I mean, what are you thinking internally when you're going through the game? But I think you get to the point pretty quickly where you're not overthinking it, you're just performing the act, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're just hoping you don't screw it up. Yeah, you know, a lot of the times, um, with the broadcasts. You know, I, I, I honestly, I have trouble going back and listening to watching the YouTube highlights of, and listening to my call on some of the stuff. I, I, I There's so many things I want to change, and I tell myself I'm going to do less of that to make things better, and then I get in the heat of the moment and things still happen the way that they, yeah. <laughs> they happen too often. Right. But, you know, the radio show, you just hope that there's a couple people listening and, and uh, just trying to make an exciting... Yeah, it, it's there's really not a whole lot I guess I'm thinking about um, other than what I'm what I'm doing. Yeah, right. No, again, it's a cool world to peek behind. Um, but yeah, so what's the next for you? Do you have plans within that radio, the sports broadcasting world? And if that's too personal, we can save it for off air as well. But well, no, I as I told you before, I've quote unquote retired from my 21 year radio show. Uh, morning show and um, have moved on to a position at Michigan Tech. I am still directing sports as of right now for Mix 93 and Wimple Radio mm-hmm. and still doing the broadcasting for Michigan Tech Hockey. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that that's not changing unless they fire me. Right. So yeah. um, that's the plan right now. Okay. So that, yeah, that, so nothing's changed there. I'm just at a different position and, and not full-time radio anymore but, sure but um yeah i'm already looking forward to you know the next season right right um but and then also in the radio world that's of course again changing all the time right and and evolving whatever else but is there a lot of opportunity there like if somebody else was saying hey i'd be pumped to get into that world uh i think i think so but you know you're not going to get rich quick and i think that's maybe the biggest you know we were talking about people not thinking that they could do it um being kind of a deterrent i think the biggest deterrent is you know there's just not a lot of radio and there's not a lot of money in it um at with most positions in radio um so you have to do it for the love of it it sounds so cliche but and that's you you do it for the ego boost Mm -hmm. you know i mean that's you know that's what you're doing it for um and the relationships and the excitement of it Right. So, um, but there's opportunities. I mean, anybody can, we have a guy at, at mix 93 right now who came in, maybe the most shy guy I've ever encountered that wanted to be in radio. And he, you know, we would ask him, do you want to be on the air? Yeah. I'd like, yes, I'd like to be on the air. And he, I thought there is no way Well, by about three days I had him doing ads. Yeah. I mean, you just got to pull out of them and when they want to do it, you can do it. Right. And now that's all you hear over here is his voice. So, yeah, no, it's cool. Yeah. But something you, it's, it sounds like you were just totally natural at from the beginning. Hey, eh? I mean, uh, again, a lot of learning, but it seems like it must've came pretty naturally to you. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I really listen, you know, Mitch, I, Mitch and I always, you know, we fought all, we were partners all those years, but there is nobody that was more of an influence on my radio than, than Mitch Lake. I, I, would just sit and pick up little things from him all the time. And I still get mad at newbies about certain things that I tell them 
why I do it. I do it because Bob Olson and Mitch Lake told me to do it this <laughs> way. And, and uh, yeah, so I just pick up things, you know, from TV guys like, you know, like Gary Thorne and Ken Cal and yeah. just love picking up little things that they do right and try see if i can implement them and sometimes i even feel like wow i'm i'm even the flow of the my call right now is just like ken cal how, how long can i hang on to it you know and right. then it goes away and it's back to me you know yeah. but it, it I, I love stealing from other people yeah what are some of those lessons that you learned is it hard to define because it's so second nature to you of course saying the word like and um and all that kind of stuff you yeah. try to remove do you oh big time yeah yeah and like right now, if I am very conscious of it, I'll stop saying the word, you know, the the phrase "um" or the inflection "um." I will I will stop saying that if I and if you're really into the game or really into what you're doing, you won't say it. Yeah. But like is another one. My kids say it all the time, and I just want to scream. Right. And kids these days like 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 and it. And then I catch myself doing it sometimes and I, I get so upset, but mm -hmm. it's just human nature. It's our culture, right? Yeah, for sure. No, I remember the first speech I gave in seventh grade, I believe it was, I probably said like every other word, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> like, yeah, and it's just there. I say it again. It's hard not to throw it, throw it in, but for sure. And I, I've eliminated a lot of it through sales and communication. I mean, a lot of what you're thinking about is, yeah, what are the words you're saying? How effective of a communicator you are? And that directly applies to the radio and the broadcasting world. You know, another one is that I've really been bad at, and I probably have said it my whole career, but now am trying to wean myself off gonna. Sure. It's the the time it takes to say gonna compared to going to is so much quicker, so much easier to say gonna. Yeah. And, but I'm catching myself doing it now, and I'm actually stopping and going back and saying going to during broadcast, mind you, which yeah. is probably not a smart thing to do. That that's just another one that comes to mind right now. Yeah, just trying to get rid of that. No, but I think being that technical about it is what can be the difference in you being an elite level broadcaster versus not, right? Maybe. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, but it's there. There are certain things out there that I that I do that I just like I said cringe, cringe at, and I try to. I mean, if you're not to me, I, I'm happy that that I'm still trying to work at it, I guess. Yeah. At the craft. Yeah. And I guess, you know, I certainly want to get out of it before I start on the down well, down, downhill thing. Yeah. So I hope I'm smart enough to do that. Yeah. We'll see. Right. So going back very early stages, did you imagine that you'd be in the radio and broadcasting world? Today? No, absolutely yeah. not. In fact, when I took over for Bob, I thought five years, yeah. I'm lucky, you know, he did, he did it for 30. My radio show, oh, if I make it two or three, five years, it'd be amazing. You know, I'm going on my 21st year with Michigan Tech. Yeah. And some ways it seems like it's flown by. In other ways, you know, I think back 20 years ago, my, my goodness, you know, I started when I was 29 years old um, doing tech games and, you know, after 10 years of high school. So, yeah. No, it's awesome. I am right place at the right time yeah there are so many other people that could have been doing this instead of me right and uh, i was just lucked out totally lucked out hmm. but you look back on it with uh nothing but appreciation i'm guessing eh? oh total yeah. yeah i mean everybody that i totally appreciate you know mitch and bob and everything that they did and then of course matt burton when you know he was the one that helped get me over because I went over to the other radio station for a year mm -hmm. to do some of their games with, and then um, came back over to do tech hockey and at a radio show. I mean, can you ask, you know, if you're in radio and you love music and you love sports, what better job doing a morning, a morning radio show and then doing, you know, being able to broadcast tech hockey. Yeah. It was, it was total luck, total honor still is. And um, really, really lucky, yeah. Yeah. Fortunate, though, to be able to say that. Because a lot of people don't necessarily be able to say that I am doing what I am pumped about, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's, yeah, I mean, it's just fun to see and inspiring to see. Well, yeah. 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 
<laughs> if you're making millions of dollars and doing what you're really pumped about, that's even better, right? Yeah. But yeah. Um, even to just make a couple bucks and and find a way to live and support your family and, and then still do this is it's small town radio. It's awesome. Yeah. Right. Well, no, we'll be, I'll be listening in. I know I have a lot of friends, family and the whole community, the tech hockey and tech sports in general, right. Uh, is just a huge part of it. And tech hockey is the, I mean, you could almost say the cornerstone of that as well. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, tech hockey is, um, all the sports and all the coaches up there are so great. And, you know, we have so many great high school teams around here. Um, and, and coaches and we're, you know, we really are blessed no, and to have a, another, you know, a D3 school like Finlandia, and you think about our our little area here and how much great sports we have yeah. and great athletes that have come out of this, uh, not only that have come into Tech or Finlandia and left, but, you know, that we have born and raised like you and I in, mm-hmm. this, in this area. It's amazing. It's truly amazing. And the only thing that keeps this place from... You know, having a million people here is our winters, right? Because mm-hmm. if ever if our summer was, our winters were like our summer, we wouldn't be here probably because we'd be, it'd be too packed and too many buildings and and too much traffic and all that stuff, right? Right, right. So. No, uh, we live in a really special place, uh, but this was fun. I really enjoyed just again fifty minutes hour of being able to peek behind the curtain, like I keep saying, uh, just to hear reverse roles. Right, you're always the one doing the interviewing, so it's yeah. fun to reverse the roles and get to see what what your world has been yeah well i appreciate it Uh, i think you do a great job and good luck with the uh, rest of the shows yeah thanks Eric. appreciate it hey guys thank you for listening today i hope you enjoyed it if you have and you feel so inclined share this podcast with your friends subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and give us some feedback with a review until next time thank you